Welcome to this episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast. I'm Katie Mulligan, Content Director for ACG's Media Group. I'm joined by Pete Notter, a partner at Twinbrook Capital Partners, a direct lending finance company focused on providing cash flow-based financing solutions for the middle market private equity community. Pete was a guest on the podcast in late 2021 when he gave us a year-in-review recap. Today, he's back to talk about the current state of the market and what it's been like working with sponsors and borrowers through some of the recent challenges in today's environment. Pete, thanks for joining me. It's great to have you back. Thanks, Katie. Appreciate you having me. So one of the things we talked about last time you were on the podcast was how busy 2021 was for deal making. Um, so I was hoping you could catch us up since our last conversation on what activity has looked like in the middle market coming out of 2021 and into the first quarter of this year. As I think everybody uh, is well aware by now, 2021 was a record year and specifically the second half of 2021, in particular the fourth quarter, we saw record volumes across uh, both the New Deal landscape as well as on the portfolio management side. So as you might imagine, and is fairly typical for our market, you know, the first quarter tends to be the slowest quarter that we see, and 2022 has been no exception to that. We, we've seen a typical January lull as sponsors digested what they acquired in uh, Q3 and Q4 of 2021, and investment bankers took a collective breath uh, and started ramping up their activities for what is typically a very strong uh, February, March, April period leading into the summer months. And we're seeing uh, a very consistent pattern uh, developing along those same lines. So uh, I think the entire market uh, was a little bit slower in January, but as we've turned the corner into February, we are starting to see our pipeline build uh, on both the New Deal side as well as on the portfolio side. And it feels as though we're shaping up to have a very strong end of first quarter and into the second quarter from the visibility that we have. Uh, the other data point that we continue to keep an eye on is the investment banking input and activity. And from all we have heard through our discussions with them, uh, their pitch activity and their pre-launch activity is starting to ramp up significantly. So uh, we expect to see that over the next uh, weeks and months uh, play itself out in a more normalized cadence. And any observations around the types of deals that you're seeing? I'm thinking add-on versus leverage buyouts or other types of transactions. We tend to see more activity on the add-on front uh, earlier in the year uh, as the new deal volume starts to materialize. Uh, we're fortunate in that our portfolio has um, matured and, um, and grown to such a size that we see um, significant volume in terms of portfolio add-ons and recapitalizations in addition to uh, portfolio accounts that have now come to market that we're in the mix on uh, trying to move from one sponsor to the other. So it's been a healthy mix to this point. Hmm. And that activity, of course, is happening in an economy that still in a lot of ways is feeling some of the aftershocks from the pandemic in the form of rising inflation and supply chain disruption, things like that. Um, so how would you describe the market overall today? And what are some of the issues that are coming up a lot in your conversations with sponsors and borrowers? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit the pandemic first. You know, that has been obviously the hottest topic over the past couple of years in terms of broad performance within the lower middle market. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to report that we do see, and, and more broadly in the market, a, a declining share of companies that have had specific pandemic effects. Uh, folks have been pretty resilient in terms of uh, their ability to weather the storm. And there are just a handful of folks out there that are in more COVID specific end markets, you know, travel and leisure. 
face-to-face and other other forms of that that continue to see some headwinds. But I think more broadly, uh, the market is now wrestling with um, some of the other factors you mentioned, like inflationary pressures, uh, labor shortages, supply chain disruptions. Um, and we're in the early innings around interest rates and, and whether or not significant movements in rates in the near term will have uh, pronounced effects on portfolio performances. So it, it's a bit of a mixed bag relative to how the market is reacting to any and all of those factors. What about on the labor front? Is that an issue that you continue to hear in your conversations? Labor was and is a um, a significant component. You know, some of our borrowers that are more reliant on either temporary labor or seasonal labor, I think, feel it more uh, specifically and acutely. But but everybody seems to have found a way to manage that dynamic. So you know, to this point, we haven't seen significant. Uh, movements in performance based on labor shortages. It, it certainly increased in overall cost as uh, borrowers are paying more to attract and retain the same labor force as they had previously done, you know, le- less costly in, in you know, prior years. And as a lender, what has your experience been in terms of working through some of these issues and, and challenges with clients? Sure. So as you know, um, you know, Twinbrook is a lower middle market relationship-based uh, lender um, and so we've been very careful to cultivate our um, sponsor relationships. And uh, as a result of that, we've got a really good handle on our sponsors' um, behavior, both in good times and bad. And focusing on our relationship approach, I think, has paid some dividends for us, in particular, as we've emerged from the pandemic and tried to attack some of these other uh, more macro level issues. I, I think the other thing that you know, we're working through is, you know, a significantly higher amount of deal flow relative to some of the other players in the market, just given how long we've been at it uh, and the depth and breadth of our relationships. So we continue to do the basic blocking and tackling, looking for high quality borrowers with sustainable business models and highly recurring revenue trends, uh, even despite some of these macro headwinds that we've seen. And one thing that we've been hearing a lot about as we talk to sources for our magazine is just how accelerated timelines have become. Is that something that you're seeing and and having to work through with sponsors and borrowers? You know, the the landscape of um, the New Deal M&A dynamic has resulted in more expedited timeframes, more narrower processes that investment bankers are running. So in certain instances where we would have seen that opportunity from a couple handfuls of uh, sponsors, we're now seeing it from fewer folks because uh, they're being either not, um, the investment banker is not going out more broadly, um, or they're being uh, advised not to share materials with lenders until later, later on in the process. And so we have seen expedited processes, and, and I think our model has um, been designed to specifically address that. Um, we, we've added more staff in the last couple of years. Uh, the folks that we've had on board for two or three years or longer are now more seasoned and able to process deal flow more quickly. And given that we've got lots and lots of precedent with our core middle market sponsor community, having um, structures that we have used in the past and having documentation that we've used in the past has created a lot of efficiencies as we've tried to meet you know, more compressed timeframes uh, driven by investment bankers. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that raises the question of, you know, in these times where you know there's still ongoing challenges, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, what do you think sponsors and borrowers are looking for or value most when they're choosing a lender? 
I think it begins and ends with reliability and consistency of delivery. One thing we pride ourselves in is standing by what we um, what we give out in terms of initial indications and vetted term sheets. So that that reliability and consistency is is valued at a much higher level now than it ever has been. I, I think you know you mentioned the um, expediency and process. You know, folks not like to know that we can turn things around for them very quickly, and so that has been put to the forefront. And then I think, lastly, given um, the abundance of debt capital in, in the markets, you know, folks that have the ability to flex their balance sheets and take larger hold sizes in certain deals does create a differentiator. And so sponsors continually are focused on that, in particular in the lower middle market, where they're looking for one lender to um, execute and take down the entire facility, as opposed to having to club. A transaction up that may take longer to execute on. Hmm. And where do where do pricing in terms come in here? Where do those rank in terms of priorities? You know, when a, a sponsor or borrower is is looking at a lender and considering their options. You know, it, it really does depend on uh, transaction size and what market that you play in. Um, so, in the broadly syndicated and upper middle market. Uh, environments, pricing and terms are valued much higher. It's it's a little more of a commodity market uh, as you as you grow in size. Where we play consistently in the lower middle markets, you know, folks are valuing those long term partnership elements. A, a lot of our borrowers are buying uh, businesses that are are not mature yet or need to be meaningfully restructured or expanded in different ways. And they're relying on us to be good partners with them as they grow those platforms, either through a buy and build strategy or an organic strategy, or in some cases, starting to pivot strategies altogether. That takes time and that takes patience. And so our core lower middle market sponsors are definitely looking for that from Twinbrook, as opposed to just um, the cheapest capital on the street or the most leverage. Hmm. And switching gears a little bit, you know, 2022 is is still obviously relatively young. We're still in the first quarter as we're talking here today. Um, what's your outlook for the remainder of the year? What are you expecting to see? It's a great question and, and one that we try to update uh, on a regular basis. So I, I think geopolitical and macro issues aside, uh, I think we fundamentally believe that the, the core market is healthy and robust, and we're, we're still reaping the effects of some of the pullback that we saw in 2020 and 2021 in, in terms of deals that have come to market. So good, healthy borrowers that had some impact during covid decided not to come to market in 2020 and 2021, we should start to see the unwinding of that in early to mid 2022. And, you know, the portfolio continues to be very healthy. Ratios in terms of liquidity and leverage continue to be in reasonable ranges. So we expect um, both the portfolio as well as new deal volumes to continue to be robust into 2022. You know, that being said, uh, if there is more geopolitical disruption or we see um, significant rises in rates or significant um, continuation of um, supply chain uh, or inflationary factors, um, that could get tempered a bit, but a little bit too early to tell at this point. Any industry commentary you'd offer? I'm thinking of, you know, we're I'm based in Illinois and we're now hearing that, you know, mask mandates are being lifted. So I imagine that's going to have an effect on industries as a lot of the COVID restrictions continue to ease. Um, so anything, anything related to specific industries that you're watching in the coming year? 
I think we're going to continue to keep an eye on, as you point out, businesses that have experienced long-term disruption based on COVID. That that list, thankfully, is um, shorter now than it was even six months ago. And lifting of mask mandates and folks getting out and doing more things in person, be it going out to eat, going to trade conferences, um, more leisure travel and more business travel, is only going to increase the volume of activity in those particular end markets. So we're not looking at anything specific outside of that. I, I think the core portfolio that we trade in being basic businesses and manufacturing distribution, business services, food and consumer, those end markets have been much more resilient uh, through COVID. And, and we expect the performance in those markets to continue into 2022. And what about within the, the M&A industry itself? I mean, now that um, you know, travel restrictions for a lot of firms are lifted. Um, industry events are coming back. You know, is is the fact that it's easier to meet in person is that going to have any meaningful impact on the number of deals coming to market or or new processes? I, I don't know that I would point to that as a driver of volume. A, as we talked in the last podcast, the market has morphed a little bit into. A, a virtually accepted format. And so we, we've done a lot and did a lot pre-COVID in the form of Zoom or over the phone. I, I think that trend only um, exacerbated through COVID. And um, so I don't see a significant pivoting in that strategy driving volumes, but I do see a, a gradual increase in more of a normal cadence where um, we, we get out and do a little bit more face-to-face. Um, we start to see businesses in person as opposed to on Zoom. And that will eventually lead to increased activity. I just don't see a significant shift happening in the near term. All right. Well, we'll leave it there for today. Pete, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks very much, Katie. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Middle Market Growth Conversations. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you liked what you heard today, please give us a rating and write a review. It really does go a long way in helping other listeners find out about us. This podcast is produced by the Association for Corporate Growth, the largest membership association for middle market M&A and corporate growth professionals. We host networking events across the world. We publish magazines and special reports and much, much more. Learn more about the benefits of membership at acg.org and consider joining us as a member. Last thing, if there is a topic you want to hear us talk about on this podcast, a guest you think would be great, or even if you just have some general feedback you want to share, we would love to hear about it. Please send us a note to editor at acg.org. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.